You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. This is the Great Pets Radio Show with professional dog trainer Brian Kilcommons and Dr. Jim McKiernan of the Great Bay Animal Hospital. Call now with your pet questions to 1-888-441-WTSN. That's 1-888-441-WTSN. The Great Pets Radio Show. Now, here's Brian and Dr. Jim. Good morning. This is Dr. Jim McKernan. We are live for another edition of Great Pets Radio. I want to thank you for tuning in this morning for our weekly show. I do have to say we're live because I'm reminded of that all the time that I don't say it. We are live. Um, this is a show about the health and behavior of pets. Our number is 1-888-441-9876. Again, it's 888-441-9876. Um, Brian is, as I like to say, on assignment today. He is traveling. I think he's somewhere up in Canada doing a, uh, you know, he trains. He's always, some organization is always trying to get him somewhere to come talk. So I'm sure we'll hear all about that when he gets back in a few weeks. But uh, we we have an interesting show today. Um, I want to talk a little bit about... um, you know, animal cruelty, uh, um, how prevalent is it? And we will, uh, we're going to be talking also to an organization uh, whose acronym is EPONA. And they are a very diligent, very hardworking group of people who have dedicated their time, resources, and need both of those um, towards horses. Because so much of, you know, we talk a lot about dogs and cats on this show. But horses, there are a lot of horses that have been put up for adoption. So um, we'll be talking a little bit about that. We'll also have uh, uh, Karen Fogarty calling with the Pet of the Week, and uh, we'll get it going. So again, our number is one 441 9876 And I'm joined this morning uh, in studio by, with Steve Sproul. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Jim. Steve, uh, Steve and I go way back. Steve is one of the good guys. Um, he is the animal cruelty investigator uh, for the New Hampshire SPCA. Um, remember, yeah, we did the show years back, and I had uh, you know the song "Bad Boy," bad, "What You Gonna Do?" <laughs> and he's, he looked at me then like I was nuts, and I am. But Steve is um, Steve does good work, and and a lot of people out there uh, don't even know that he exists. So we're going to talk to him today about his job, which is really a fascinating job. And also, um, sad job as well. I mean, there are some 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 situations that he can talk to us about that, uh, you know, somebody's got to do it, and he does it. He's been doing it for years. Um, anyway, Steve, you are with the New Hampshire SPCA, right? That's correct. No, but you and you 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 are the animal cruelty investigator. You're not like a control ACO. You hear that word ACO, animal control officer. That's not you, right? That, that's not us. We don't go out and um, answer barking dog complaints or pick up stray dogs. We do cruelty investigations. Hey, speaking of stray dogs, can I get off topic a little bit with you before? Absolutely. You know, I was I didn't know this, but I was told this week that there are a number of neighboring communities and not communities but towns around here that don't have leash laws. Are you aware of that? Yeah, there's some that don't have leash laws. The, there is a uh, law on the books in New Hampshire for um, leashing your pet up like that, but if the town or the city doesn't adopt it, then it's not, um, then it's not uh, forced, enforced in the city or town. So what do you think of that? 
I, I think it should be a state law and the cities and towns shouldn't have to uh, go to the council and get it adopted as a um, city ordinance. I, yeah. think, I think it should be a state law. And yeah, I mean, we can be politically correct and say what we want to say, but honestly... There needs to be that law on the books. I mean, a leash law is, and I don't care. You know, it's funny. You meet people who have dogs, and they and they say, "There's no fence. There's no invisible fence." And they say, "Well, I got 19 acres," and all that means is that the dog is going to travel 19 acres to figure out and then find a road to possibly get hit by a car on. You know, but there needs to be that on the books because there are. There are uh, dogs that are just wandering around these these towns that that we're picking up or you're picking up or the police are picking up rather, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. So you know, I almost want to put out a, a plea to people to to inquire in your town and find out: a is there a leash law, and b what can you do in that community to talk to some people and get it on the books? Absolutely, they should get their uh, city uh, city councilors or their town selectmen involved and make sure that they do get it on the right. books, so that the town has a city ordinance, so that the police can enforce it. And honestly, I think if you, I mean, you want to bring up examples of reasons of why we should have it. I mean, I could be of assistance. Steve could be of assistance. This is a no-brainer. This should be on the books, and it caught me off guard because I said, "You're kidding me." You know, this week, Steve, I was, um, you are one of, um, my understanding is there are two open admission facilities in the state of New Hampshire for pets to be um, surrendered. That's correct. Would be New Hampshire SPCA and Cochico. Correct. Other places, they'll close the doors, Right. They could, they will, they'll say, hey, you know, we're, we're full, we're done, right? Yeah, it depends on how many animals they got, if they got room for them or not. They'll, a lot of times they'll schedule things three weeks out, bring a dog in in three weeks, and that don't work for people. So then they wind up um, taking them out on some back road and just dumping them because they got to move on. Does that happen? It, it happens a lot. It happens a lot? Yeah. Like well, around here, Steve, or is this something that happens more up in, you know, Dixville Notch or I don't know. whatever? It, it happens around here, too. I mean, we, we come in in the mornings now, and we find... We find animals tied to our fence and stuff like that because people are just abandoning them because they don't have any other option to uh, to do with them because they're last-minute moving type situation. They can't go to a new apartment with their animals, so they just abandon them. They're leaving them in kennels at, at our front doors. They're leaving them tied to the fences, and, and this is happening at all the uh, humane societies around the state. Now, some, hum, some humane societies... Uh, almost, they don't encourage that, but they open their doors for that to happen. In other words, there there are holding areas that you can drive in, drop your dog or cat or guinea pig or whatever, and head out. But is it legal to do that? Can people just kind of just drop their dog off, tie it to a fence, and head out? No, that's called abandonment under the state law. You're supposed right. to make provisions for the animal before you just leave it somewhere. Right. Um, we have a lot of people, especially right now, uh, landlords are calling us all the time about leaving an abandoned dog or an abandoned cat in the, in the apartment when they leave um, because they, they had no other alternative to do it, so they're just abandoning the apartments. And under state statute, that's a misdemeanor in the state. And is that enforceable at all, or is it just something that's on the books and we all kind of just recognize it and move on? I it, mean, It's enforceable. you just got to get the local police departments involved to enforce okay. it. Well, the reason I, where I'm going with this as well is that I, w I was up at uh, the Cochico Valley Humane Society, which, like the SPCA, does yeoman's work for, a little, you know, for the people they have. And the number of pets that I saw was unbelievable. So we come back, I want to I put a little bit of a, uh, 
or a, a, a request to our listeners that if you're thinking about a pet, um, now is the time to do it. So, anyways, this is Dr. Jim McKernan from the Great Bay Animal Hospital. You're listening to Great Pets Live. We're with Steve Sproul, animal control investigator for the New Hampshire SPCA. Our number is 888-441-9876. We'll be back after this break. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to teacherspetsessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. Teacherspetsessions.com. Hello! I'm Deborah Wolf, and I'm inviting you to my animal party on Pet Life Radio. My pet experts will be coming to the party to answer your pet questions, and they'll also be sharing their favorite stories and messages with us, but I'll be asking them some tough questions. We'll get their opinions on the hot-button topics like the pit bull ban, pet food, vaccines, religion, politics, and animals, cat decline, and the latest news, whatever's turning the animal world on its head, we'll be talking about at the animal party. This party's got bite. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Great Pets Radio. This is Dr. Jim McKernan with Steve Sproul today, animal cruelty investigator for the New Hampshire SPCA. Steve, um, last time I talked with you about this, uh, you were covering a quite a large area. You know? that's, that's correct. I mean, you were, going, you were going way north and way west. Is that still the case? Yeah, we are. Um, I have a um, part-time investigator that handles my northern calls, but she goes as far as Berlin if she needs to. Um, she goes up to the um, upper valley regions, uh, Lebanon, New Hampshire, and so we do. We do uh, have contracts with other um, agencies, and we go and assist them on their investigations. Do you think you need more people like you out there in the field? Are we need you, are, a lot more people. Are you able to get? I mean, are you able to answer all the calls that come in? No, we're getting. We're looking at like eight hundred calls a year, and it's impossible to handle that many. Well, let's talk about this because one of the things that I was thinking of this morning as I was driving in is if someone is sitting at home or if someone comes home from work and they see what they deem to be, what, cruelty in terms of neglect or abuse, right? Correct. They would then call, who would they call? They would probably call the police, right? They should call the local police department, number one, because if they have an animal control officer, normally that job could be handled by the animal control officer. They could go over and check out the situation. Okay. The town doesn't have an animal control officer. It's always police officers. It's it's a um, 
it's a state statute, so they can this local police can enforce these animal cruelty laws um, and and check out the situation. So call your local police department. If you're not getting anywhere with them, then you can call your um, local humane agency. Okay, so so uh, do the does the police department call you and say, uh, Steve, I got one for you, or or how do they, how does it end up on your desk? I get a lot of calls from citizens themselves calling direct in because they've they've uh, called the police departments and have gotten nowhere with them, or they think that the police department haven't done anything with them, and okay. then then they call me in. I also get called an awful lot by different police departments around the state. Now. One of the th- questions that I have is, uh, this week I was asked to assess a dog, or last week, for uh, neglect and abuse. How, what, you know, what do people look for to determine if they should make that call to you? Is it, I mean, is it skinny dogs? Is it, like, you know, what, what 90% is it? of is the it? calls that we're getting are for dogs that are tied outside um, on a short chain to a tree with no shelter, no food, no water. And we go out there and we find uh, dogs that have no shelter, no water. And, and that's just a simple requirement of law. If you're going to tie your dog out, you need to have a shelter. And it explains the shelter, what a shelter is. You need to have fresh water available for the dog. And you need to feed your dog every day. Um, and if you don't have that, then it's neglect and it's considered cruelty and you can be held accountable for it. And what is that? And so, so you'll go out to the house, and you'll you'll politely. And if you're wondering what Steve looks like, he's six foot eight, huge muscles. You know, no, he's not a little guy. But so you go out there and you politely knock on the door. I mean, right. obviously you're not showing up like, you know, like a SWAT team banging down doors. No. And so you you know you'll identify yourself in a very calm fashion. And 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 do you, do you need a warrant to get into? To no. Look? We we can go on the property. We don't need a warrant. Um, Especially if the dog is out in plain view and there's no no trespassing signs on the property, we can still go up and knock on the door and identify ourselves and we just say, we're here because we're answering a complaint. This is what the law says and this is what I see and you need to and you need to uh, comply with the law and we'll normally give them a written notice to comply. It's like a warning type oh. thing explaining what the law is and what they need to do. Is that every time, Steve? That's usually every time. It de- it, it also depends on the um, dog owner, the animal owner, um, how they want to cooperate. Some people will just tell you, get off the property, and then other, unfortunately, that forces you to go to step beyond and call in law enforcement, and and then they wind up um, they could wind up losing the dog and going to court and being arrested for animal cruelty. I mean, you must have seen you you've got to have seen some really horrendous stuff. I mean. I know there have been stories of what ten dogs in a basement, or you know, forty. Cat- what are some of the things that you'll, you've seen? Seventy dogs in the basement. Um, the ammonia smell is so atrocious that it knock you over. Ammonia can cause brain damage not only to people but to the animals. Um, things like that. Dogs that are living two or three to a small little kennel and they can't even um, get out to go to the bathroom, so they're laying in their own feces and their own urine. But, but why? I mean, why Why do people do this? Are they, uh, is the dog, I mean, you know, the root of all evil is money, right? Are they trying to breed these dogs to sell puppies? Are they? There's, uh, there's a lot of backyard breeders out there that are doing this. We're dealing with them all the time, and, they, and they'll get overloaded with dogs. And it, it's just 
hard for them to get rid of all the puppies, and then they have to stop putting two or three to a kennel because they don't have room for them, and then it just overloads and overloads, and finally somebody calls and says, my God, you got to go in and check out the situation. Yeah. Oh, geez, that's tough. You know, I know I've met cat owners, okay, and, and I am a cat owner, but I've met some cat owners who really feel that they are doing a favor to the, to the pet, to the, to the animal, by keeping it in their house, then sur- having it surrendered to a, a shelter organization because they feel that this pet will just get put down. So they feel like the, the cat is better off if it's, if it's with them, even though it's not getting vaccinated, it's not, you know, it's, the, the, the conditions may be horrendous. And then what happens is, this is what I've seen, is that then I think it becomes kind of an obsessive compulsive behavior where, like a hoarding behavior where they have to have more and more. And we have some people that we've seen are upwards of 10, 12, 14 cats. They, they got to, you know, because they feel like they're doing a favor. Right? About 30 or 40 cats, Jim. Oh, my gosh. It's, it, it gets that way, and they do consider them hoarders, and it is a psychological problem with the uh, people that are hoarding this many animals. They think that if they can't put them somewhere else, that they're best with them, and they're required to have rabies vaccinations every year, Right. and, and they're not even doing that. And there's not many laws on the books that deal with cats, but other than the fact they need food, water, and shelter. Yeah. Oof. I mean, that, that's difficult. To, it's difficult to see, difficult to deal with. I, I give you a lot of credit for everything you do. Our number here is 1-888-441-9876. This is uh, Great Pets Radio. We are live. We're with, with Steve Sproul from the New Hampshire SPCA Cruelty Investigator. And we're going to talk a little, bit, a little bit when we come back about um, a, a good story, which was uh, I've heard a number of times, but I'd love to share it with, with Steve's... Um, uh, experience for Hurricane Katrina when he went down for that, and uh, it was just a great feel good for the SPCA. We'll be back after this break. Give your dog some thought with Dog Thoughts. It's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. What do you think A man in Davis, California says he's invented an application for the iPhone that claims it can read your dog's mind. Huh? No, it's true. Now, I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's why. Jay Leno talked about it, CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. On your iPhone, of course. Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. Ladies and gentlemen. Pet Life Radio proudly presents DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready to unleash the dog sports enthusiast in all of us. From speed drawing and mushing to racing, agility, and competition, this is the place to learn all about the dog sports and activities that you can do with your furry best friend and canine competitor. So get ready for game time. DSPN with your host, Lori Williams. Every week, on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet <laughs> 
Welcome back to Great Pets Radio. This is Dr. Jim McKiernan. Yeah, we changed our music a little bit. Brian's not here to enjoy it. It takes off and the music has changed. Steve, we were talking off air about, um, about uh, this winter with the number of horses that you have and, all, and the amount of rain and feed could be an issue, huh? I mean, with That's correct. Uh, we're already seeing that. We're seeing it with the economy the way it is right now. People can't afford their horses anymore. You know, we, 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 it's one thing to, to you know, surrender a dog or a cat to a, a humane society, but it's the other thing to surrender a horse. I mean, that's a whole different ball game in terms of expense. It's, it's quite an expense yeah. um, to wind up taking three or four horses. Um, um, and then that, if, if there's surrendered animals in it, it takes up the space that we have for the animals, the horses that we need to go out and actually seize and rescue. Yeah. We're joined on the line by uh, Catherine Blake. Catherine uh, is a member of an organization called, uh, the acronym is EPONA. Catherine, you with us? I am here. Good morning. Good morning. Well, we're with Steve Sprawl this morning, the animal cruelty investigator, and uh, we are, we're talking about dogs and cats. We're also talking about horses. So tell us a little bit about your organization and what you guys are all about. Sure. So this is Catherine Blake, and I'm a new board member for EPONA. EPONA stands for, uh, it's the Equine Protection of North America, and when I moved to New Hampshire, I had no idea we had an equine rescue right in my community. Epona is located in Epping, New Hampshire, and we have 14 horses currently that we are we are protecting at the moment. Now, are, are these 14, so you obviously you rescue horses, you take care of them and try to find them homes, correct? That's exactly the situation. The, the sad thing is that, as you mentioned, and as, as you've been talking about on the show, you know, with the economy, people are having to surrender their horses. But more disconcertingly, we've got people that we've had to actually take horses away from. And it's really, that's really not something that Epona does, but rather they come to us through, through the state through the New Hampshire SPCA, through law enforcement, and we become a safe haven and a place of healing for these horses. Right. Now, you have currently 16 horses that are at we've, your place. Well, we've got, we're down to 14 horses, and All we've right. got a beautiful barn. We've got plenty of paddock and pasture room, so, and lots of wonderful volunteers we are completely volunteer driven so one thing that's fantastic is you've got 14 horses in a barn and you've got lots of volunteers showing up to just you know hug them give them carrots do you need more volunteers we do right, we need let, volunteers we need help okay which is why we got you on the show today i think it's a what you do is great work and you're right it's it, you know owning a horse is not inexpensive and uh, but they're beautiful and they need homes mm -hmm. so is there a website that we can start with that people can get online to think about um, you know sending money your way or whatever they want to do absolutely yes it's www.ponarescue.org mm -hmm. so, Epona, let me spell that for everyone it's E-P-O-N-A yep. org. And there is a number to call. Go ahead. This goes to Bev Hansen. Mm -hmm. She is our barn manager. 
and executive director. That number is 603-770-6978. Terrific. You know, one of my neighbors um, listens to the show regularly, and she now goes up to you know, one of the shelters once a week just to walk dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it was really nice when she told us that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there, and I know, and because Brian and I get the calls, that there are people who, they'd like us to talk more about horses, but if there are people who are listening who are horse enthusiasts and they want to volunteer, would you take somebody for a morning, one morning a week where they can come in and, and as you said, offer carrots or walk them? Are you open to that? Absolutely. We are looking for volunteers in every capacity not just to come in and groom and care for horses, help with the stalls, etc. We also need volunteers to do things like work on computers. We've got um, database requirements. We've got, we have the need for people to make some phone calls on our behalf. We've got a very fun fundraising committee where we hold events, which I want to invite everyone to in a moment. But there's needs in every capacity, and certainly, let me be very clear and um, almost blunt and to the point, we are desperately seeking funds right now. Um, sure. we, we are absolutely doing everything we can. In fact, there's a group of ladies, you'll love this, Dr. Jim, there's a group of ladies that are actually going through their jewelry boxes right now and gathering up old you know, rings and different gold jewelry, and they're actually going to sell their jewelry, their personal jewelry, to raise money for these horses. Oh, boy. That uh, level of sacrifice this this group of people, volunteers, has. And so you have a fundraiser coming up. So we, it, it, sounds like a, it sounds like a fun fundraiser, if you ask yes, me. Um, yes, Dr. Jim, and everyone on the show, please. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you a little bit about this. This is called the third annual pub crawl. Now, I've never been on an official pub crawl, so this is new to me. So this will be my first pub crawl. Um, this is Saturday, November 7th. It's from 1 to 6. It's $15 a person, and we'll have raffle items. So it's really simple. There are four different pubs in downtown Denver that we're going to be crawling from and to. <laughs> so it, you don't have to come for the whole time. You can Hopefully just- not on horseback. No, 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 not on horseback. <laughs> horse, you have to tie your horse to the post outside. Right. But um, the first stop is the Central Wave at 1 o'clock onto the Dover Brick House at 2.15, Blue Latitudes at 3.30, and Kelly's Row at 4.45. So if people would just come for an hour, say hello, right. meet a bunch of new friends. Last year they had 70 people come out for this. Well, that's great. All right, well, the organization is called Epona. E-P-O-N-A. It's Catherine Blake, who we're talking to. And if you have... Catherine, I want to thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Good Dr. Luck. Jim. Okay. Love your show. And by the way, Dr. Jim is the best vet on the planet. Oh, boy. He's my vet. <laughs> Three greyhounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm blushing. Hey, thank you so much. Good, And you do thank good you. work. Okay. Take care. You bet. Bye, everybody. So that's, that's, that's Catherine's um, kind of give back. And we all do it. I mean, we all, you know, the older you get, the, the more you want to give back. But uh, what a dedicated organization, and they are in some need. So if you are listening and you are a horse enthusiast and you want to give back, I'm telling you, even if it's one morning a week just to go over and walk some of these horses, these horses have nothing. They have no home. You know, they're, they're, they're being taken in because of the economy, because of abuse, and they need 
your help. So it's called EPONA, E-P-O-N-A, and um, they, whether you can volunteer time or money, it will help. But let's zero back to, to you on this one, Steve. They're sitting on 14 horses now, right? Yeah. What happens after what they get to like 20 horses? Are they calling you on the phone saying, we're, you know, we got too much. Do, do you guys work in concert with each other at all? We haven't been working uh, too much in concert, and uh, we definitely like to um, work a little bit closer with a poner. Um, we can use them, and I'm sure they can use us. I would say. I mean, there might be instances where, you know, it's just, I mean, the more the better, right? That's correct. The you more know. people you have on board, the better it is. We're trying to... Um, find homes right now for 10 to 11 horses ourselves that are on our property right now so that I can make room for other horses that are coming in in abuse cases. Unbelievable. What do you do if someone comes in and says, I want a horse? I mean, you gotta, do you go out and you look at their facility, you look at the house, do you send somebody out to do that or you just kind of say, okay, sounds good, well, you know, back up your trailer? No, no, we, we, we do a full barn inspection before we um, let them do it in adoption. We want to make sure that the horse is going to a better place than it came from. Right. And, um, you know, if you got a nice running shed or you get a nice barn and you want a couple horses, we'll be more than happy to come out and look over your property. Um, the barn manager for the uh, New Hampshire SPCA, she'll give you um, all the help that you need. Um, and she does the barn inspections, and then we deliver the horse right to the farm for you. Now, sometimes you can sit on some of these horses, not sit on them, but, I mean, you, you'll have to keep them for a long time, right? I've had horses on the property right now over a year that we're still waiting for the cruelty cases to go to court. Oh, jeez, Louise. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's another problem. Um, the court cases, uh, trying to get them through court is really, really hard because you get your defense attorneys that are always asking for continuances. And the statute, under the cruelty statute, it said that uh, animal cases uh, will take precedence over any other cases in the court. But you don't see that happening. It, they just sit and sit, and like I say, a year year down the road, you're finally getting you finally getting um, into the court system. Right, unbelievable. This is Dr. Jim. Great Pets Radio. Our number is one eight 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 four four one nine eight seven six. We are talking about animal cruelty. We're talking about horses, and we will be back after this break. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. 
From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore, every week on demand. This is the place for a special paparazzi treat, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Great Pets Radio, everybody. This is Dr. Jim McKiernan. We are with Steve Sproul, the animal cruelty investigator from the New Hampshire SPCA. Um, Steve, you know, one of the things that I... Well, first of all, if people want to... If, if someone listening says, you know what, I, I do have a case or I do I have a situation, how do they get a hold of you? They can uh, reach me through the uh, New Hampshire SPCA. It's, um, it's a uh, local right out of Stratum, um, 772-2921 and okay. I'm at extension 111. All right. So 772-2921 extension 111. All right. Because yep. that's an important uh, important number for people to know. Uh, we're, on, we're joined now by Karen Fogarty who comes on each week and Karen talks to us about a pet from the Cochico Valley Humane Society that has really tickled her fancy and I've seen a lot of these pets and they're really nice. Karen, you are on this phone with us this morning. Hello. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. I think you know Steve. Good morning, Karen. I do know Steve. Good morning, Steve. So tell us, what do you got up there today? Um, well, I think you met a little pug that is here. Oh, I did. I yeah. did. Yeah. She's um, roughly six years old, already spayed. Um, she was a stray that arrived to us, and her family never came for her. So now she's looking for a new one with us. So what? other than the fact that she's a pug and I'm partial to pugs, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you like? What do you like about this dog? Um, Well, you know, aside the fact that she snorts like a little pig, she's a pretty happy dog. (laughs) So, you know, the thing about pugs, though, Karen, is that they're great with pretty much everybody. I mean, they're good with other dogs, right? They're they're good with people. They're good with with children, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, you know, it's the only breed of dog. Every year, Steve, there's something called the Pug Olympics. And have you heard of this? No, No. I haven't. It's down in Massachusetts, I think in North Brookfield. And it's the only breed of dog where you can bring like 200 dogs, you know, for, for a certain breed to compete, right? And they all get along. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, can you ma- I mean, any other breed, you would think, oh my God, there's going to be, a, you know, some kind of altercation. But pugs, no. They're like, hey, what's going on? I'm happy. Yeah, no, she's, she's been hanging out in one of the girls' offices here, and she's been great. Awesome. So, the, the, what's the dog's name? Cindy. Cindy. Mm-hmm. Terrific. And uh, we're going to get somebody up there to look at Sydney today. Because, Excellent. you know what? I would. If I, if I, this dog is really nice. She's a good girl. And your phone number? 749-5322. All right. Sounds like a plan. Okay. Thank you, Karen. Thanks. All right. Uh, I was up there this week. Uh, I just came up to do some health certificates for them, and um, there are a lot of pets there. I believe they have at least 52 kittens, not cats. I mean, they have 150 cats, but they are packed Packed, packed, packed. So if you're listening at home and you're thinking, hey, you know what? I was thinking about a pet. Do it now because they really need the help. You know, we go back to that open admission policy, which is what they have. They don't say no to anybody, Steve, like, like you guys do. Yeah, that, that creates a problem because, I mean, you, you just get overloaded and overloaded. But, you know, if you don't 
have an open admission, people are just going to find other avenues to get rid of them. And that's kind of scary, isn't it? It I mean, is. I mean, I don't know how bad people will take it to the extreme. Or they'll well, just they, put, they'll take it to the extreme that they'll even put them in a burlap bag and throw them in a the river and drown them. Yeah, well, that's, see, that's, that's, that's disconcerting. Yeah. So anyways, if you, if you are interested in a especially a cat, go up to check out Kachiko today. Um, they're open, I believe, till 4 or 5 o'clock, and, and this little pug is cute. And I, am a, I am a pug guy. We'll, we'll say it there. <laughs> um, your line of work. Um, uh, in two weeks, we're going to have an organization, uh, and you should listen to the show, but we're going to have this, this organization called Rescue Inc. Have you seen that on TV? No. Oh, it's on the National Geographic channel. It's these guys in Long Island and New York, low, low rider. It's a television show. I've seen the advertisement for it. Yeah, they all, they all like big tattoos and Harleys, and they're scary looking guys. And they're going in and, uh, on be, uh, for a nonprofit organization and pulling these pets that need to be rescued. So, anyways, they're coming on in two weeks. But I, I, I would, I would think in your line of work, there's got to be. Is there ever? Is it a? Is there any danger with what you do? I mean, when you deal with either the general public or maybe, you know, some of these dogs who are chained up? There's always a danger. Um, just recently, Connecticut had an animal control officer responding to a barking dog complaint, and the uh, animal control officer got shot and, and murdered. From the owner of the dog? Yep. Oh, my gosh. Yep. She answered the, uh, knocked on the door, and the owner came out with a gun and shot her and killed her. Oh, boy. So, yeah, there is a danger. Um, you're always facing that danger um, of potential violence from the uh, homeowner, the dog owner, or the horse owner. So, um, do you what do you feel that you... What, here's a good question for you. You know, what drives you to do this every day? I mean, what's your, what's your, your home run that you come home and you say, you know what, I nailed it? Um, is it rescuing that just, dog? Just being able to rescue the dogs. And, and the good part is after you rescue them is being able to see them medically brought back to good right. shape. And then having a loving family with kids or something coming in and watching the dog licking their face and going out the door yeah. with a waggy tail. And that's that's the rewarding part of it. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, this isn't a power trip for you. This is you, No. Right. I was a police officer for 23 years before I did this. And, and if uh-huh. I... If I could have done this for those 23 years, I would have definitely picked this route instead of uh, the law enforcement field because it's a lot more rewarding. Um, can people donate to, I know that what you do, you, like there'll be a case way away and all of a sudden you have, they need you. So can, they, uh, can people donate monies to the SPCA on your behalf? Can they earmark donations for the animal cruelty investigation? Yes, they can, and we've had that happen in the past. People will put it that they want this money to go directly to uh, investigations. Um, we even had an auction one year so that we could hire a part-time investigator, and all that money for that uh, auction was earmarked for the investigation division. Uh, there's an SOS fund to help animals with uh, medical issues. They can donate. They can be specific when they make donations to the organization yeah. as to what they want the money to go to. And, um, well, that's a great thing. Yeah. Another thing that New Hampshire SPCA has a lot of people unaware of is the Roller Metals Pet Cemetery. We have actually a pet cemetery in Stratum, New Hampshire, where we do a uh, full funeral for your uh, loved pet, and then you get to have a place where you can go and sit and visit with that pet whenever you want to. You know, there are some people who um, have second careers. There are some people who are retired and who always had a love for criminal justice or, you know, the law. Would you ever take volunteers on on yours for 
your end to help with logistics or, or no? Because I know volunteers will show up. They'll walk the dogs. They'll help feed them. They'll clean the cages. But does the SPCA ever get involved with volunteers for cruelty investigation? I, have, I haven't had but uh, one person to come in and ask um, for that uh, particular field is to volunteer to help on cruelty cases. The unfortunate part about that, the person um, was didn't fit our qualifications. Sure. Um, but, yeah, if, if somebody's out there and has law enforcement experience, they know the laws and, they, and they're willing to donate some of their time, I could definitely send them out on some calls. That's great. You know... Speaking of sending them out on calls, I'm sure that there are a number of calls that come in that don't result in confiscation, right? Correct. What percentage of calls do you think that you get are ones that are going to require you to confiscate the pet? It it depends on the cases. I don't keep uh, reference to um, percentage-wise, but I'd say like we're receiving um, 800 calls a year right now which uh, when I started back in 2001, we were only getting like 200, and it's jumped to 800 now. Oh, my gosh. Of the, that's um, like three a day, right? If you open five days a week, you yeah. get three a day. And, and Yeah, and I think that's because of all the education and stuff that people have been receiving. They've been seeing Animal Planet on TV and, and going, right. oh, my God, I did a dog down the street that looks like worse than that, and I'm going to call. And So they people are getting educated, and that's our main objective. When we go out and do an investigation, we educate the people. We tell them what they're doing wrong and what they need to do. It's up to them to do it. We go back later and check. If they're not doing it, that's when we have to, we are forced to have to take further action against the owner because they refuse to comply with the laws. Do you ever go on vacation? I try to get on a vacation every year. Do you ever go down to some of the islands down south? No, I don't go that far. I just take don't. a bike ride down there. I'll tell you why. Because I think if, if you were to go, I spent a little bit of time with a Humane Society uh, this past winter. Steve, the amount of stray dogs running around in packs down at some of these islands is alarming. It would probably, it would probably send, you probably wouldn't leave. You probably, like, knowing you, you'd set up a whole program. <laughs> well, it's funny, it's funny you mention that because I had a guy call me from the Virgin Islands that had his dog stolen, and, and we, we tracked it down to a uh, person in Rye, New Hampshire, wound up going to court and getting a dog back for the guy because they thought it was a stray down there. They took it to the local shelter at the Virgin Islands, and they said, you, we have to hold it for 20 days under our state's right. statute in the Virgin Islands. The owner wound up getting the dog back, and they saw the dog run in the street again. They just picked it up and brought it home with them. They didn't even adopt it. They didn't wait the 20 days. Uh, well, you were going to talk about that, too, when we come back, because uh, there is a time, you know, I, as someone who was going to get a dog, and uh, th- there is a time limit before you can get a dog. Anyways, Dr. Jim McKernan, and Great Pets Radio. We'll be back after this break. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a -a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. 
Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Oh, keep going. Keep playing this song. <laughs> Welcome back to Great Pets Radio. This is Dr. Jim McKiernan with, with Steve Sprawl. Steve, you do great work. Um, I know you don't do it for the power. I know you don't do it for the money. You, But with the amount of effort that you put in, everybody knows the effort you put in. Um, I remember um, Katrina. The, I mean, tell a little bit about Katrina if you could. That was just a fascinating... When that whole thing happened, your organization, you in particular, right... They just said go. Yeah, we got a call to um, see if we could um, bring anybody down. And we had the New Hampshire SPCA has a disaster and rescue team. So we gra- gathered four or five of those people and uh, drove two vehicles and two horse trailers down. Spent a week down there helping care for the animals. And then we brought back like 28 animals for adoption. Unbelievable. Yep. I mean, that'll last you for a lifetime, what you saw. Good and, experience. Yeah, and boy, did we learn from that. Absolutely. And the federal laws come out because of that that says you they can't make you leave your pet at home anymore. I mean, you know, when you got down there, and I don't want to paraphrase, I'll speak for you, but I'm, you, you, I was on the board at the SPCA, and, and you came and talked to us, but you got down there, and there was, it was chaos. It was chaos. There was nothing left. I mean, the, it was just buildings upon buildings just leveled. You see boats sitting out in the middle of the woods. You see uh, big 18-wheelers overturned on the side of the road. It, it was it was bad. And people, you know, actually, like, spray-painted their phone number on their horses and just said, go, right? That's uh, what they did. They, yeah. they took a spray can and spray-painted their uh, name or the horse's uh, phone number on the side of the horse or the cow or whatever it was and just opened the gates and let them go. And they wound up rounding them all up, bringing them to this big facility down there, and the owners would come in and, and claim their animals. And, and since then, the SPCA has got this new unit called the Sprinter. Right? Yes, so a very nice unit. That's a big Dodge uh, Sprinter van that's all marked up with pictures of actually animals that we've rescued. If you see this uh, Sprinter out riding around the road with all these dog, cats, and rabbits on it, they're actually rescued animals. So now if you get a call to go somewhere, you're getting the Sprinter going because it, it's air-conditioned? Air-conditioned, central heat, central air-conditioning. Um, it's a diesel engine, so it runs good on gas, and we can just load it up and go. Yeah. But what uh, I'm sure you got a lot of memories of that, and uh, you know, hopefully, there, you know, New Hampshire now has, and we haven't really talked about that on this show, but a lot of the states since Katrina have now developed, you know, emergency respondent, you know, protocols. Okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? I mean, let's talk about, you know, bad rainstorms. We get eight, nine inches of rain, and people getting flooded. Where do they go? You they, guys. Yeah, they come to us. Um, in fact, um, the last two years, there when Newmarket flooded over, we set up a emergency station at the SPCA to bring in animals down there. And there's a lot of other places now, like the uh, city of Rochester has set up a disaster area to handle the uh, northern part of Stratford area. And we'll go in, and we, we've got an agreement with the city of Rochester to go in and help them set up their uh, animal shelter yeah it's just uh, but it's it's it thank god we but you know it takes time to get something in place that's all i mean if you if you haven't planned it out like the katrina was not planned out um what to do the logistically how are we going to handle it it's crazy i, mean, I think the state's prepared now i think yeah. i think they learned all right well we're going to wrap up this hour with great pets radio steve we want to thank you for joining us this morning always a great interview 
thank you for inviting me. Yeah, we'll do it again. And if you if you do see a pet out there that you feel is tied up or is neglected or abused, um, you can give Steve Sprawl a call at the SPCA. He'll go out and pay a visit and, uh, you know, trying to help these dogs. So, anyways, this is Dr. Jim McKiernan from Great Pets Radio. We're going to do it again next week, uh, and we will talk to you then. Bye-bye. been listening to the great pets radio show join brian and dr jim next sunday for more informative pet talk let's talk pets every week on demand only on petliferadio.com